Thanks a lot for being here this evening. My name is Kevin Conover, and we're broadcasting down here in Southern California on KPraise, 1210 AM. We're uh, local down here. And we're also on FM 106.1 in North County. And um, we're going to be talking about uh, homeschooling this evening. And uh, there's so much happening right now in the education environment in, um, in America and really around the world. I don't know if you know this or not, um, but right now there's a huge fight in France. Um, they've, they're actually trying to ban homeschooling. And uh, they have a really interesting background to what's happening in France. There's, they're, they're requiring people to go to public schools because they don't want Muslims homeschooling their kids. They feel like it's uh, affecting their culture. And so uh, uh, who would have thought that that would be the motivation? On the other hand, there are other European countries that don't allow homeschooling. You may have seen this in the news recently. A German family that tried to seek asylum here in America because Germany would not allow them to homeschool their kids is now potentially facing deportation. They have been 15 years in Tennessee, and now all of a sudden they're being told they have to go back to Germany. And uh, when, they, when they were seeking asylum, they were, the police actually came to their house to force them to put their kids in public schools. And they were like, no, we don't want to do this. We're a Christian family. We feel like um, we feel like we, the public schools are teaching things that are com completely contrary to what we uh, believe. And so uh, that's happening right now. There's a, this big discussion going on. And, and uh, so uh, there's all kinds of news about homeschooling. Um, right now, I'll just give you some quick facts. 3.7 million kids are homeschooled in America, somewhere around that amount, according to the research that was uh, recently put out by, by the National Home Education Research Institute. And uh, about somewhere around 5.2% of kids in America are currently homeschooled. And I'm super excited because we have a guest uh, this evening who knows all about homeschooling. And so you're going to get an opportunity to hear from her perspective. Her name is Christy Faith, and she has been in education for 20 years. Um, both K, K, kindergarten through college, uh, as well as administration. And um, she's worked in all levels of education. She co-founded a private educational center and consulting firm with her husband, Scott. And she helps train homeschool moms because it can be daunting. She has a community called the Thrive Homeschool Community. And you can get advice there, support, and um, also you know, connect with other homeschool parents and families to get, um, build that community. She also, and I wanna uh, encourage you to check this out, she has a new book coming, coming out called Homeschool Rising, Shattering Myths, Finding Courage and Opting Out of the School System. You can check that out at christy-faith.com, christy-faith.com. The book just came up for pre-sale. Christy, thank you uh, for being here and congratulations on your new book, so exciting. Thank you, it is my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on. Absolutely. You know, there's all kinds of, um, you know, concerns people have about homeschooling. And I know that's a lot of what you address. You're all over TikTok. Um, uh, and again, for those of you listening who don't know Christy Faith, there's a great way to know her. You can check her out on social media. She is a prolific um, uh, and um, the posts are fantastic. It's not just, you know, entertainment. It's actually stuff that's going to get you educated. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background, because you weren't always involved in homeschooling. What, what happened? What caused the change? Yeah, you know what? It's so funny because the best word for what happened to Scott and I is a deconstruction. And we often hear about that in Christian circles, a yeah. deconstruction. It's very trendy right now. And 
But that is literally what happened to us, just a deconstruction in the education system. But for Scott and I, it cost us a lot because it cost us our entire livelihood when we had this great kind of an awakening as to what on earth is happening and what are we doing? Are we actually helping children or are we participating and are we enabling a system that we don't believe in anymore or a system that is actually doing what it says it's doing, which it says it is educating kids. But I argue that in fact, it is absolutely not doing that. And that is one of the, one of the main reasons why we left. So break that down for us. I mean, how did that take place? What, what was going through your mind? I'm just t- trying to picture you, um, you know, when did, did, was there a light bulb that went on or was this like a, a gradual process? What happened? So it was gradual, but I did have a light bulb moment. So when we, I I was, I'm a little bit of an older mother. So we had a lot of years running our center together. It was an educational center and consulting firm in Los Angeles. We educated the kids of the rich and famous. We ran a homeschool out of there. We did after-school remediations, general tutoring, test prep, all of those things. But it was more than a tutoring center. Like it wasn't a chain. It was ours. We were very well known in the community. And what happened is schools would come to us and ask us to work with certain students, particularly private schools would say, hey, they would call me, the admissions officer would call me up and say, hey, Christy, we really want to take this student. They're a really great family, but we think this kid is going to need, you know, two hours of tutoring a week, or she's not at reading level. Can you get her to reading level? Because we really want her to succeed at our school, but We're not sure if she will without some interventions. And so we were really different in our community, very close-knit word of mouth. And so this is what we were doing. But what we found is, and we were highly successful doing it, we also ran a homeschool out of our center. But the homeschool was a lot different than YI homeschool. We had a lot of child actors, pre-pro athletes, and things like that, where they needed to get to school, finish school to get to auditions. Or like in the case of our ice skater and a surfer that we had, they needed to leave for like six weeks on end. And so they had to come back, kind of pound out schooling so that they could go off again. These types of schedules that, uh, you know, a school would give you truancy. So um, we were homeschooling, but not in a philosophical way where we were using accredited programs to execute our homeschooling so that we would make sure that the kids, if they ever did get matriculated back into traditional schools, whether public or private, that they would be able to seamlessly matriculate back. But what I started to notice is that these kids were at school all day, seven hours a day. They would come to us, often dinner in hand, and then come to us and then have an hour, two hours, three hours of either remediation or tutoring or homework. And then we would send them home at night with even more work to do. And there came a point, and we ran this a lot, we ran this center for 17 years. There came a point where I, when I had my own first child, I was late to become a mother. And I remember distinctly holding my child. It was actually around this time of year because I brought him to the center to show all of the kids and all of our staff, his cute little Halloween costume. He was a lobster that year and I had made it homemade and all that. (laughs) And so I kind of looked around and I thought to myself, is this the life I want for my kid? Mm. Is this necessary? Because in Los Angeles, the public schools are really not great. 
you, you know, even if you live in a, in a place where your home costs $2 million, yeah. well, your, pro, your local public school is still not going to be that great. So we kind of were facing this, like, are we going to put him in our own center? What are we going to do? And then meanwhile, to make a long story short, our homeschool at our center was actually growing significantly. Yeah. So I wanted to really dial in that piece of the business. And so I booked a ticket to a homeschool conference. I didn't know anybody in the industry. I'm not a homeschooler myself. I'm kind of skeptical. All homeschoolers are religious. All yeah. homeschoolers are weird. The kids are <laughs> awkward. All the things that I talk about in my book, shameless plug, yeah. um, that I debunk in my book. So, and by the way, in my book, I have an entire chapter on socialization that really attacks the heart of the problem, unlike mm. anyone who's done before. So I really want to encourage your listeners, you're hung up on that socialization piece. My book is a must read because our, you know, we can homeschoolers can say till they're blue in the face. No, my kid is socialized or we go to co-op or she's in tons of sports, but still we'll get the answer. Okay. Yeah, that's great. You do all that stuff, but what about socialization? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like you're driving us crazy. I actually think that I figured out why. So uh, please grab that book. If for that, that chapter alone, if that's one of your hangups. That was a good, that was a good tease because I, I, I really want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> we'll do it later. Okay. Anyway, so what I did and I'll, I won't drone on and on about this, but I went to that conference and that was the first time in my life, mind you, I have been in education my entire career mm. that I was introduced to other pedagogies, teachers in school are not taught that there are other pedagogies. We've heard of Montessori. We've heard of Waldorf. Most of us never hear of classical Charlotte Mason, let alone unschooling. Oh my goodness. Those are the people that are abusing their kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, which actually true unschooling is not that at all, right? Abusers are bad people. And then there's people that philosophically truly are nurturing their children because unschooling is the right fit for them. So anyway, um, I sat and I went to a couple of workshops in that conference. And there was one particular lady that I saw I went to her workshop and I have a master's degree in history. And so I was interested in, okay, what are these homeschoolers saying about history? I had literally only taught history with textbooks, period. Like my, my entire career, I was basically trained how to make history boring and how to make kids hate history. Like this was what I, oh, the only thing I knew. She starts opening her mouth and talking about living books that if we teach our kids history through this thing called living books, stories coming alive, not only will they learn the facts we want them to learn about history, but they will remember them forever because they have an emotional connection. Mm. And I thought, this is why we study history. I already knew that from all of my classes in graduate school. We study history so that we are changed and we don't repeat the past. This is why we study history. We don't study history just to memorize the reasons for the fall of the Roman empire to regurgitate them on a test on Friday. Like that doesn't help anybody. But if we are actually changed and ask good questions about ourselves and human nature, that is why we study it. And that was when like the house of cards fell. So it was like, it built up, but then I did have this culminating moment where mm. I was like, what? And by the way, I have been homeschooling my own children for a lot of years now, and we have never 
cracked open a textbook and they know their history beautifully. Wow. <laughs> in the middle of the hiding place right now. Talk about a great way to learn about World War II. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Um, and when you say you never cracked open a textbook, you don't mean you've never cracked open a book. You mean a textbook. textbook. Yeah. <laughs> textbook. Yes. Let's clarify that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We read tons of, I mean, we are such a literature rich family, which is a signature of a lot of homeschool families, books galore. Um, but in terms of textbooks that are going to kill the love of learning, we try mm. to avoid them at all costs. Now, let me clarify though. Um, my kids are probably college bound. Um, I have several kids in my house that are gifted. And so are we going to have to do textbooks in high school so that we fulfill college requirements? Absolutely. But I'll hold off on that until we need to. Gotcha. Okay. I love that. Um, you know, I, I do feel that in a lot of ways, a lot of, um, and I think this is primarily because of public schools um, and um, actually the lack of competition um, that was created through a public school monopoly. I think what yeah. happens is teachers just turned it into a job and yeah. basically were trying to get by with the uh, minimum standards mm -hmm. and they ended up um, disconnecting the whole purpose. Like you were actually just saying, here's why we actually read history. They disconnected mm -hmm. the purpose of the class um, pragmatically and practically in real life. And so the kids can, can tell they're like this. And that's like the complaint you hear all the time is why am I taking this class? This is something I will never use in my life. And the truth of the matter is, is that in a lot of scenarios, it's actually true simply because the teacher has disconnected the class from real life and what it's all about. Uh, so, um, that's, that's a, a great point. Uh, my guest today is Christy Faith and her website is christy-faith.com. You can visit her there to get all kinds of inspiration and encouragement, as well as check out her book. It's up for pre-sale, Homeschool Rising, Shattering Myths, Finding Courage, and Opting Out of the School System. Uh, so, Christy, I wanted to ask you um, something else because I, I have a lot of questions for you that I think, you know, are in the minds of those who aren't homeschooling, who are on the outskirts. But homeschooling is becoming so prevalent now that it's hard to miss it. And it's it's uh, quite a force to be reckoned with, honestly. Um and so uh, we went from under a million, I believe, prior to COVID to now over 3 million after COVID. And more parents are, are aware of what was, what's going on in the public schools than ever before. And so a lot of parents are, like you said, they're, they're really fleeing the public schools in, large, um, in, in a larger amount. But um, so here's a question for you. Ideally, in your mind, if you could um, have the most ideal situation, would you have everyone in the nation turn to homeschooling and abandon all other forms of schooling? Um, it's kind of a, a, a question I'm curious about from a macro perspective yes. versus the individual parent. Do you think ideally homeschooling would, would suit the, maybe not all, but the majority of families in America? Resoundingly, yes. Mm. Keep in mind, Public schooling, institutionalized schooling is only 150 years old. This is not how our world did this. But we don't know anything else because we were grown up, we grew up in it. Our parents did as well. Now, let me clarify that statement, though. I have no doubt in my mind that the best place for a child to be educated is in a loving home with a motivated parent. If you're not in a loving home, then no. If you don't have a loving parent, no, right? I even have a statement in my book. The publisher will probably take it out. So I'll say it here. <laughs> if you're a narcissist, don't homeschool. 
right? But the majority of homeschool parents are not criminals that are trying to homeschool because they want to be criminals and get away with it. The majority, yeah. and there are studies to back this up, particularly from Neri, who you quoted earlier. Dr. Brian Ray actually wrote the foreword of my book. I leaned on a lot of his research. He is a pillar in our community. Um, just love that gentleman. So, but my answer is yes. And you hear a lot like, oh, well, my kid's extroverted. So homeschooling is not a fit. It, so you have an extroverted kid and you give them more activities. Like people think that socialization is being around crowds of other people for mm. seven hours straight, five mm. days a week. I don't want to spend every day at Disneyland. Do you? Like, why are we assuming that just because you're extroverted, that that's going to be a good option for you? And don't even get me started on the mental health crisis, suicide statistics. Kids, they have done studies on stressors for children. Like suicides go so much farther down. Um, youth suicide goes down in the summer. Why? Stresses. Not mm. only academic stresses, but um, so, um, social stresses in school. And I go into a lot of this into my book on why this is happening. But yeah, to answer your question boldly, I do think that with a loving home and a motivated parent who is available, you know, not everyone can homeschool and not everyone should. But I do think it is something that every thoughtful parent in America should consider. And not just, you know, in the 90s and in the 80s, it was largely the religious population that was pulling their kids out in droves because they were scared of the public school indoctrination, which is funny because that's often the accusation of us as well. You just want to homeschool to indoctrinate your kids. But the truth is 25% of homeschool families consider themselves completely non-religious. So that's not even considering like, Christians, like faith-based people who are actually following, right? Like, you know, there's a big difference between being a Christian and saying you're a Christian, right? Yeah, yeah. So more and more families are homeschooling because maybe their child has special needs. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. Our special, I mean, we made our living off of, you know, reading IEPs and solving the problems with privately that the schools were not able to solve. Um, whether it be, you know, the number one reason why parents homeschool in America is school environment they just you know the the national educate the reason the statistics actually say that the reason why parents are homeschooling is environment that's the quiet part out loud parents are sick and tired of the environment and the yeah. thing is, we thought it was unattainable we think like i can't teach how do you teach multiple kids i can't be there seven hours a day i work too listen mamas i work full-time as well you know we're in a pre post-covid world where a lot of us are now working remotely, we can be flexible with our hours. And you know, homeschooling does not take seven hours. It takes half of that. Think yeah, of all absolutely. that, you know, I used to be in the schools that so much was hurting cats. Ask and when I do posts like this on social media, they tend they tend to blow up and teachers comment like, seriously, I'm probably teaching less than two hours of the mm. seven hours. Teachers themselves, thousands upon thousands tell me this. And I was there too. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I'm a, I'm a teacher for 16 years now. Yeah. And so um, I think there's a, that's absolutely the case. And so um, along those lines, uh, you know, I was listening to what you were saying. I was actually going to quote that exact thing that 25% of parents actually, their main reason for homeschooling is concern about the school environment. Yeah. And I think that's only become more of an issue because of the advent of kids constantly being on their phones 
Um, and so what's happening is it's, uh, I almost feel like a lot of times it's kids raising kids, uh, whether it's through the phone or whether it's at school, they have so much, so little interaction with adults who are much, who are the mature ones. And it's almost like a Lord of the Flies scenario where you're, you're kind of like, um, and people complain about socialization and, and you're thinking, well, you're not doing any good uh, socializing them in this environment. And it seems to me that people are really recognizing this. Um, and, and I, I wanted to kind of camp on what you said. You said, I'm a working mom um, and these sorts of things. And I wanted to ask you about that because I'm sure there are parents out there thinking, and I've heard it many times, that there's no way I can do this. I have to hold down a job. Um, how am I possibly going to hold down a job while also homeschooling? Um, and what would you say to a, a mom who's struggling with that issue and realizes that her kid would be better off at home, but is like, I, I, can't, I can't make ends meet um, considering that? Right. Well, first off, you know, depending on your age of your kids and the flexibility of your job, you could very well not be able to do it right now. I also know families who have a one-year plan or a two-year plan to put themselves in a position to homeschool their kids. Some families, including ours, we left Los Angeles and moved to Colorado for cost of living because at that time we were planning on me homeschooling and me not working. And so we actually did move states in order to, because I didn't know that I was going to do what I do now. You know, I could go into that later, but my TikTok stuff was actually very accidental. <laughs> and then I realized, oh my goodness, I think this is a calling. And so it's been really an act of obedience since then. But I truly think that there aren't many people in our space who have come from the system. and have had that conversion experience where I can actually speak for mm. like, you know, my kids not learning to read in there in kindergarten. Well, they're probably in a, you know, a program like a Fontes and Pinnell and they're shown sight words all day. Of course they're not reading, right? Like, you know, like I can talk to those things. So, and your question was working, working in homeschooling. This is the amazing thing, how our landscape has changed. And I think 10 years ago, my answer would have been different, but now I, our superpower is sourcing. So for example, my kids are in live online classes in homeschool academies with other homeschoolers, mm. a lot like college classes, two days a week, um, you know, where they come in and they meet. And, you know, my son is in his fourth year of Latin and he has friends all over the world and they all take the class together. And it's such, it's been such an ad in terms of social experience to have yeah kids with, he has kids in his classes that are special needs. He has kids all over the world, Romania, Canada, all sorts of places, missionary kids. I think he has a friend in Africa as well, who wakes up really early in the morning yeah. to attend Latin class. The other great thing about homeschooling now is that even if, you know, you don't necessarily want to have your kid on a screen all day and always do live online classes, though you do have that option now, not only with these live online academies, but also with online programs that are kind of self-paced. But our resources are amazing. You can do self-paced programs. You can do scripted programs. So I have a lot of mamas who are really scared to teach their little kindies reading and they just don't know what to do. And they're so scared. And I advise them in one of the several curriculas that I like that are based in a Gorton Gillingham method, not sight words, not, um, you know, the, a lot of research has been done in the last 10 years on the science of reading, but, and there are programs out there that are literally 
scripted. Like you cannot mess up. But what people don't realize, and you probably do too, because you are a teacher and I was as well, half the time we're reading that lesson 30 minutes before our kids walk in the door anyway to remind us because we haven't done it for a year prior. I mean, I'd like to say that I was more well-prepared when I taught history and literature, but there were some days like that. And so, you know, don't automatically assume that it's being done better in the system. And we have that inferiority complex because society tells us that we're not equipped to do it. But let me tell you, that mindset is only 150 years old because in the, te- in the you know, annals of time, moms were perfectly equipped to educate their children. In colonial America, we were the most literate society on the face of the earth, and there was not institutionalized schools. That's amazing. That's encouraging. Um, you know, so I, I think that's, that'll help a lot of parents out because they're thinking to themselves, you know, if I pull my, my child out of school, let's say I try this out and I don't do a good, I'm going to put them behind. Oh no, what's going to happen? You know, um, yeah. if, if somebody wanted to get their feet wet, what is the best way to try this out without, with the least amount of risk, um, possible? What, what would you say to that? So it really depends on why you're choosing to homeschool. And actually you're getting at why I started my thrive homeschool community, because There are lots of moms in my community, not all of them, because we have a rich community of very um, veteran homeschool moms as well. And we nurture and feed them because they struggle with burnout, right? Yeah, yeah. The the new moms who are really struggling with insecurity, um, I really like to coach them and equip them. I have workshops every month that's kind of de-schooling. And I'm sure your audience has heard this word de-schooling. I have an entire chapter in my book on what that is. And what it basically is, is changing your mindset, asking yourself, what is an education? And once you answer that for yourself, then you ask yourself, well, are the schools giving this to Mm -hmm. me and my family and my child? Because then you realize, wow, with resources, I can probably do this a lot better. Um, And so, and not just academically, but socially as well. But remember how I was talking about how I went to the conference and I learned about different pedagogies. One of the first things I do is I ask mamas, I go live a lot on the platforms. And I say, if you're on my live tonight, or say if you're on Kevin's show tonight, go right after the show, go and take my five minute free. It's totally free homeschool style finder, because Mm. there are actually nine different pedagogies. And in order for me to advise a mom on what curriculum to buy or where to start, I kind of need to know why she's homeschooling. And that's a free quiz that only takes five minutes. And it'll say like you lean towards a Charlotte Mason style or a Montessori style. And then we can start the conversation from there. But I really like what you said earlier. A lot of people think the decision to homeschool is a forever decision. No, it doesn't need to be. You can, especially, you know, there are a lot of families where one spouse is maybe more on board than the other. Hmm. And there's a lot of valid concerns. And it's so important to be on the same page, especially with educating your children. I often say, try it for a year. No one's going to be too behind. You'll be able to matriculate your kid back but give it the old college try for a year and then evaluate and learn as much as you can. You can always put your kids back in school. That's great. That's great. Great advice. Uh, so my guest today is christy-faith.com. I'm oh, sorry. That's her website. Her name's Christy Faith. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she's got a fantastic book coming out. You can check it out for pre-sale uh, up on Amazon or her website. And uh, Christy, 
So I, I had another question here, and that is, um, you know, uh, everybody's, you know, trying to figure this out and going, okay, you know, public school, charter school, private school, homeschool. Um, give us some stats on or, or some facts about the results of homeschooling, because a lot of people are thinking, and, you know, I've heard this so, so often that I, a lot of times I think people already know these things, but then I'm out and about and I'm talking to people and I'm just a, astonished by how few people know the results of homeschooling and how effective it actually is. Um, can you share with our listeners um, the results of homeschooling? Yes, absolutely. So if we're talking, we can talk in different terms. We can talk academically, we can talk socially, but first let's, let's talk academically a bit. Number one, what's really important to know is that homeschoolers tend to be a lot more resilient and colleges are recruiting homeschoolers like they never have before. Part of the reason is colleges are businesses and they want to recruit students who are gonna complete all four years. Homeschoolers by a mile complete college. They're just kind of more resilient, less likely to drop out, better prepared for the academics of the college environment. Colleges what, what is are the reason for that? What, what is the reason that homeschoolers are more resilient? Because that's a that's actually yeah. beyond college. That's a character trait that's incredibly valuable um, overall in life. In fact, one of the stats I was reading was actually saying that resilience is like a premier character trait in being able to have a fulfilling and successful life. Yes, absolutely. I think resilience is so important. And I think a misconception our society has is that by throwing your kids in a social environment, basically throwing them to the wolves, you hear this a lot. Well, if you don't put them in public school, Mm. how are they going to toughen up? Mm. Well, excuse me. We now know that that toughening up, that bullying, that toxic social environment, the comparison, the angling for grades and all of that, We now know that those are lots of repeated traumas with a lowercase t. Um, Kim John Payne talks about this in his book, Simplicity Parenting. It's a wonderful book. If your audience has not picked that book up, I highly recommend it. Um, And talks about how he did research on kids who were in actually war-torn countries. And then he came to America and was studying children here. And he saw the same PTSD traits in children here than he saw in kids who were literally being raised in war-torn countries, like where family members and parents were killed in violent ways. Hmm. And he was thinking, why is this the case? These kids have everything. They're so privileged. And so he unpacks in his book, very well-researched, backed, he'd be a great guest on here actually, Um, (laughs) uh, as to why that is. And he talks about repeated traumas with like lowercase, lowercase T, not Mm. uppercase T and how, what happens when we have a bunch of those lowercase traumas or live in, I don't know about you in junior high, but pretty much I lived in fight or flight. Did you? I did totally. (laughs) No human being can learn in fight or flight. It's just not possible. So I like to talk about one of the reasons why homeschooling is so successful is that we have more of a greenhouse approach. Some people say, I was actually asked at a party once. So Christy, how long is shelter your kids? You'll put them in school for high school, right? And I was like, but we talk about greenhousing our kids and that is protecting them enough. Like think of a little baby tree. 
a little baby tree that's growing up cannot withstand the storms of life. But mm. there does come a point where they live in the greenhouse, they are nurtured, they are fed, they are taken care of, they're exposed to enough stressors so that they grow up in a healthy way so that later they can be transferred. It's not that we're trying to shelter our kids, it's that we're trying to nurture them so that they are happy, whole adults who have emotional well being and know how to have really great relationships by the time they leave our homes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's that piece, you know, I, I talk a lot when I'm de-schooling parents in my membership all the time about education is not about the, and Plutarch said this is not, or it's attributed to so many of the ancients. It's not about filling a bucket. It's about igniting a fire. And we mm. talk about is education, the regurgitation of facts or is the education the cultivation of a human being? Because let me tell you, I have a master's degree in history. And my kid the other day asked me a history question. And I hate being told this. They're like, but mom, you have a master's in history. And I was like, and I looked at her and I said, and you know what I got from that degree? I got really amazing writing skills, research skills. And I listed skills. I didn't list the knowledge that I attained and regurgitated. I listed skills, soft skills and hard skills. And that is, I think is why homeschooling is so successful and why our kids are being launched and becoming extremely successful as adults is because we know, we know that it's not really about passing that next, that spelling test on Friday, right? So that they get the grades so that whatever, it's about, do they know how to study? Can they write? What are the skills we need? I, this morning, we were reading Little House on the Prairie. And I usually, I'm sorry, Farmer Boy, same series. And there was, a, there was a situation where there was a family crisis. And I closed the book. I normally read more. I closed it. And we had an entire conversation about mindset. I can guarantee, I mean, some public school teachers will probably do that. But even myself, I taught literature. I was like, okay, bell's about to ring, gotta go, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And so, but I was able to stop and talk about mindset and thankfulness. And they could have looked at this situation as a complete devastating, awful thing that happened to them, but they chose to be thankful. And those are the skills that I wanna cultivate in my kids and what a lot of the homeschooling community does. Yeah, and I, that's fantastic because um, like you were saying, I, I like that whole idea about it's not it's not filling the the bucket. It's actually lighting a fire because yeah. um, really that's what they're going to need for for life. And I I kind of want to throw this out there for our listeners that um, something we we often have to evaluate in life is um, I I'm going to put in the work now because it's going to relieve stress in the future. Meaning if I can prepare my kids to be who they need, and if I make the sacrifices now so that they can be who they need to be. Stress um, that I might face if they're not prepared for life, if they're not prepared to be able to have that fire and those those habits, that character, all those things that come from the sacrifices that you make now. And, and sometimes it, it does seem overwhelming. I think for a lot of parents, it, it feels overwhelming um, that you know what they're going to have to do because it is more work, um, it is more determination and dedication. And like you said, it takes a motivated parent. And yes. so some people. They don't want to do that. And um, I don't know how you deal with that in, in culture. How do you how do you deal with a situation where you do have, because I see this, a large percent of families that really are not in the position, whether that's emotionally, 
personally or whether that's financially or relationally. Um, they're not actually in a position to be able to homeschool. And yet that's the best thing for the next generation, for their kids. Um, what are your thoughts on that, on the fact that we do have a culture that's in a bit of crisis, meaning we do have a lot of family breakdown. We do have a lot of these things. Is the goal here, rescue as many families as you can and the rest, well, you know, they're going to do what what they're going to do. They're going to go to the public schools and whatever, or is there... Is there, um, you know, is there a, is there hope beyond that um, for those those families that aren't there? What what do you say in that situation? You know, not everyone is there. Not mm. everyone wants to. Not everyone sees the vision. Not everyone sees the value. And one of the reasons why I even pursued my, my first video that went viral was really accidental. But then I started to see how hungry moms were. And they had no idea that this was a possibility for them. Mm. No idea. And that's really who I want to speak to is that if your heart is tugging at you, that there is something better. If your kid's light is growing dim in the schools, maybe they have special needs and they're not getting helped. Maybe they are being bullied. Maybe they're gifted and they're completely being stifled and left behind. Um, and, you know, all sorts of reasons why this could be something that you maybe never even thought could be an option for you. And that's why I'm here. My message is to those parents where their heart is kind of, something's not right. They, they're not quite sure this is what they want. And, you know, and the rest of the moms, those are my trolls. <laughs> so, and that's, that's okay. Right. You know, not everyone is a not, and I'm not saying that, um, I'm not saying that there aren't people who, I actually have friends who vehemently believe in their kid being salt and light in the public schools. Mm. I have a very uh, strong argument against that, but um, I, I do not believe that is the interpretation of scripture. But um, regardless of that, there are some people that just aren't interested at all. And you know what? Here's the thing. Goodness, we live in a free country with mm. parents' rights and privacy rights where we still have the right to make the educational decisions for our kids. Not everyone is born with the same privilege or the same amount of money or the same amount of resources or lives in a place where, you know, it's actually possible or where they can have community. Um, things are changing, but still the world is not perfect. It never will be. It was, you know, it's never going to be. So you know, yeah, there's going to be people. I mean, my viewpoint is reach as many people as possible who need to hear my message and the ones that need to hear it will. And then there's a lot of people who it just falls on deaf ears. And that's okay, too, because they also have the right to educate their children how they want to. And it's none of my business. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. And that, that is the wonderful thing about our country is that yeah. we have that freedom. Unlike uh, these these people fighting for homeschooling over in France and and yes. what's happening uh, with this this poor couple and family uh, that's potentially risking de deportation to Germany. Yes. It's crazy. But we have the uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association here. So uh, thank God for them and uh, many of the other uh, attorneys yes. who are standing up for uh, homeschooling and, and so yes, forth. I but, had a friend who had to call them yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So an incredibly valuable resource. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, again, for those of you listening, if you have never been to a homeschool convention, even if you don't homeschool, you have no intention of homeschooling, I promise you, go to your local homeschool convention 
it is going to blow your mind. I, I promise you, you will be inspired. Even if you didn't homeschool, you will probably incorporate things into your life simply because you went yes. to the homeschool convention. Are um, you doing it, the circuit this year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, oh, I'm at 13 homeschool conventions. So I'll, I'm sure I'll awesome. see you. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you there. No, but, uh, I'm not going. I'm not. Doing oh, you're it. not. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot for sure. But yeah, with the book launch, it's just, I have to do so many podcasts. I just, you know, I'm homeschooling my kids yeah, too, yeah, right? I'm not right. going to leave them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, I just, it's, I have to make the decisions and what is, what is, but that, that's right. that was really fun meeting you. Yeah. And, yeah. That yeah. was so cool. That was uh, Jean Burke. We'll throw her name out there. Yes. Shout out to Jean Burke. She is fantastic. Friends with everyone. Love um, <laughs> I love her. I, she's so dear to me. I, I met her and I was like, this one is a keeper. She's going to be a forever friend. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. Um, so I had one more question. We don't have too much time left. But okay. again, for those of you listening, uh, if you want to learn more about Christy Faith, christy-faith.com. She's got her book up for pre-sale. I can't recommend her resources uh, enough. Uh, if you want help homeschooling, which it is so helpful to have a community and to have people that, that have gone ahead of you yes. and can can counsel you. But Yes. Um, Don't reinvent the wheel, you know, and you know, I was doing consultations for years and I just really wanted to find an affordable way to help. And in my community, we have office hours every month. We have amazing workshops. You can DM me and my mentors. I have a hired parenting coach in there as well. So you do not, and it's not just my community. There's all sorts of places where you can go and find your people. So please never homeschool in isolation. And I'm not only just talking about your kids, my heart is for moms. Hmm. I feed mama because she's literally feeding her kids all day, every day. Who's going to feed her? And that's really what, that's where I shine is. And that's where my heart is, is Amen. Well, that's you, a, you mamas. What's your what question? A, Sorry, I interrupted a, you. No, no problem. What a valuable uh, resource. So, so, so much more offered now than used to be offered. Yeah. Um, so this is my question. Um, what can go wrong with homeschooling? Meaning, oh yes. Um, what are the hurdles that moms need to be prepared for that maybe um, are things that you can give them a heads up so that they're not caught by surprise and they can have their expectations um, accurate uh, when they yes. when they begin to take these these steps. Yes. So I, because of my educational background and reading thousands of IEPs and working with kids who have special needs. I kind of go against the grain in my own community regarding this one piece. There are a lot of people who give really bad advice to homeschooling moms and say, oh, your kid will read when they read. Don't worry about it. They'll read when they read. And I could not disagree with that more. I think early literacy skills are, there's nothing more important in life than literacy, like nothing. And there's the Matthew effect. And what that is, is they have done studies that if a kid is not reading at grade level by fourth grade, statistically, they grow farther and farther behind where by fourth grade, and this is the threshold, they've done studies by fourth grade, if they are on grade level, then they will just exponentially shoot out and become avid readers. There's that threshold for them. And so I am a huge believer in making sure that all homeschool families are equipped and adequately prepared and know how to find red flags, particularly with literacy. Because truthfully, if you can read, you can learn anything, right? Like yeah, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. So that is a skill to not ignore. I don't like that advice. You know, there are some people in the community that 
you know, some of these radical unschoolers, and I, there are some great things about the unschooling movement. I love Peter Gray's book, all of that. I hope to meet him one day. But I don't want any 16-year-old not knowing how to read and then wishing that she could go to college. Hmm. Because then doors start to close. They already have. Yeah. So that's a big thing is just, um, for me, literacy and, and red flags for that. I mean, other than that, really, if you're a mindful, loving mom and you're going to have some kids that have more of a social need than other kids and you'll be in co-ops and you'll do play dates and you'll do all sorts of fun activities and museums, it truly is a rich life. And I often say that um, homeschool is a beautiful way to reclaim childhood. It truly mm. is where we don't have to be a slave to the system. We don't have to wait for our vacations for only two weeks out of it, you know, and that's when we actually get to spend time with our families. Like this could be your life, family togetherness, bondedness, communal memories, rituals. This can all be, this can all be for you. If you, you know, if your heart is tugging at you, maybe, maybe this thing is for you. Oh, I love it. That's so great. Yeah. yeah and it's so, um, I, I just find it so incredibly appealing and, um, and just a blessing. So again, for those of you listening, christy-faith.com is her website. And, uh, I, I can't overstate, um, please just look into it. You know, if you're a skeptic or if you're concerned or if it, like she's saying, if you feel a tug on your heart, um, take the time to look into it. I think you're going to be incredibly blessed. This is only homeschooling is only going to grow. There are going to become more and more resources. Yes. And I think what you're going to find is that your children are more equipped in mm-hmm. so many ways than a lot of kids that are going to public schools or yes. what, whatever alternatives there are. Um, the kids getting accepted to college or scoring higher on their SATs yes. or uh, being equipped to be able to get good jobs and to be able to speak in public and manage people. Um, that is what homeschooling produces. Um, they, they produce all-stars, honestly. Uh, and if you want more evidence of that, uh, go back in a few of my podcasts back. Um, I had on the, uh, on the show, I had two, a brother and sister who are debate champions and uh, they, they can connect it all back to, to homeschooling. So Anyway, Christy, uh, thank you so much for being with us this evening. It's a huge blessing. And I know your book is going to is gonna fly off the shelves. So um, thank you for your influence and all you're doing. You are really ministering to a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, we have some great shows coming up too. My resources are all for homeschooling also. You can go to educateforlife.org. I've got all kinds of resources for apologetics helping kids to be confident in their faith in the Bible and in, and in the Lord Jesus. So uh, please check that out. If you get a chance to, I think you'll find that's a big blessing also. And we will be back next time with some more fantastic guests. And uh, thank you for joining us this evening. Take care. We'll see you next time.